Hey everybody, welcome to the Fight Talk Podcast. This is Steven Jensen. Today I've got Dylan Hales on the show to talk about the Scenic City Invitational, one of my favorite wrestling tournaments out there, and honestly my favorite weekend of pro wrestling of the year. It's coming up very soon. Me and Dylan are talking about the show, we're talking about the tournament, talking about the talents. I'm giving predictions. It's an awesome episode, a great interview that I know you guys are going to absolutely love. Before we get started, make sure to check out my friend's over at Williamson Brothers Barbecue. Williamson Brothers Barbecue has the best barbecue sauce in the world. And I shouldn't even just call it barbecue sauce. It's really all-purpose sauce, to be totally honest. I use it as a replacement for ketchup. I use it uh, on hot dogs. I use it on meats. I use it on a whole bunch of different stuff. And it's all natural. It's gluten-free. You can find it at Whole Foods. You can find it in Publix, Kroger. But the easiest way is to jump on Walmart.com. Just type Williamson Bros. That's Williamson Bros in the search tab on walmart.com. If you're buying some other stuff off the website, just throw some sauce in there too. At their website, williamsonbros.com, you can also find their spices, their rubs, and find um, the addresses for their three physical locations in the Atlanta, Georgia area. So make sure to check out our friends over there, once again, at Williamson Brothers Barbecue. They have the best sauce in the world. I've been eating it for years. And on top of that, they're nice people that do fair business that run a great operation over there out of the Atlanta, Georgia area. Can't say it enough. Try the sauce. Let me know what you think. And you know what? If you try the sauce and you want to talk about it and talk some wrestling or MMA, let me know and I'll have you on this podcast to talk about Willie Bros and to also talk about your favorite wrestlers and fighters. So keep that in mind. And that being said, kick back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Fight Talk Podcast with me and Dylan Hales talking about the SCI tournament and also talking a little Southern Underground Pro. Thank you for hitting the download and subscribe button on iTunes and Google Play. This is Steven Jensen. You're listening to the Fight Talk Podcast. Today I have Dylan Hales on the show. Dylan is, I mean, it's hard to describe the guy. He's a promoter. He's a commentator. He's a one of my favorite guys on Twitter, uh, just a great wrestling mind all around. He's been on the show before. His father, uh, Mike Papahale, is the guest of the show in the past as well. Uh, Dylan, how you doing, man? Let the let the fine fans of the uh, Fight Talk podcast know how you been, dude. I've been doing pretty good. You know, it's been a little bit of a tough summer for, uh, for, for my family. My brother passed away earlier this summer, so uh, not, not the best of uh, conditions for the summer as a whole, but the last couple Oh yeah, dude, absolutely. And 
you know, I did want to let you know and let the fans of the show know that I am dedicating this episode today to your family. You know, it's something that I, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about that publicly or not on the show at all. But since you have brought it up, I did want to let you know, you know, me and the fans are thinking about you, man, you and you and Papa Hales. So um, thanks again for coming on the show, dude. I, I really appreciate you just coming on to talk about it today. And I wanted to let you know, man, the Scenic City Invitational is probably the most forward. I look forward to this weekend more than anything. And last weekend was my first or sorry, last year was my first weekend, I should say, where I did the SCI and then came right back to Nashville for uh, for SUP. And I plan on doing it again this year. You mentioned people jumping off balconies. I mean, I got my first exposure to uh, why should we I believe you, you said on the kick out of two podcasts, you guys were the first people to put on Darby Allen versus Joey Janela. I got to see that live. I mean, you guys put on such a great show, man. Um, I'm looking so forward to this, man. What what would you say is kind of for anybody who doesn't know about the Scenic City Invitational? What are some things you would like to tell them, kind of about this show and kind of what to expect out of this weekend? Yeah, I'm actually happy that you phrased the question that way because um, so so many times when you come on a show uh, or, or, or you you know you're interviewed for an article or whatever, there is a focus on um, like the specifics at the expense of the broad and I think sometimes fans what they want is they want a, sort of a, like a broad view right of like okay what makes this thing that you do different and the specifics are extremely important don't get me wrong but I think the broad view sometimes is an easier selling point for fans and I think it's a better way to try and talk about what the SCI is overall as an experience. So the number one thing I would say about the Scenic City Invitational that I think makes it distinct from other uh, tournaments and, and, you know, things of this ilk is it's sort of, it's the only thing I know of in independent wrestling that became a, a, uh, a destination event of sorts almost in an entirely organic way. Uh, if you go back and look at the first year, you can check out all those shows. All the Scenic City events are available on Powerbomb.tv. So if you're interested in the archive, they're all there. Uh, and, but if you look at the first year, you know, it was held in a in the old Empire Arena out in Rossville, Georgia, just over the state line. I mean, just over the state line in North Georgia. And um, it was a, a much less ambitious undertaking. I mean, it was, a, it was an ambitious undertaking in that it was a two-day event with 16 people, and that's hard. Sure, but sure. It, it was it was not, you know, a benefit show that year. It's been a benefit show every year subsequently for various athletic departments. Uh, and it was also not a, um, it was not a show that was dominated by, um, you know, a bunch of people coming from out of town or a bunch of, you know, fan, like hardcore fans. It was mostly fans from this area with a few travelers. In fact, I don't know if you know this, Stephen, but that first year, pretty much the only person that traveled a substantial difference or distance was me. I was not a part of the team that first year, and I sat front row. Oh, wow. At the time, I was living in Charleston, South Carolina, and I took a Greyhound bus all the way up here and took a Greyhound bus all the way back. Um, And, uh, you know, there were a few people that did come up from Atlanta as well, but largely it was a local enterprise. And due really to the work of Al Getz at Wu Wrestling, of course, Wu's not around anymore, but for a couple of years he was doing that. Uh, you know, the show was filmed and distributed, and it really developed a cult following, I think in part because there was nothing like 
tournaments from all over the country. You know, you get the Jim Lineham tournament now at AAW. You've got Bolo, of course, the All-Star game uh, for PWG. you got TPI, Best of the Best, and CTW. I mean, there's tons of them. They're all over the place. But I think the, there really was not one like this in the South. I mean, PWX has X-16, and I think they do a really good job with it. But X-16, a lot of the time, is sort of about the bigger narrative arcs that are going on in PWX. The advantage that the Steamy City Invitational has had is that, you know, and sometimes it's a disadvantage, but the advantage it's had in terms of making it a destination show is we're not directly wedded to any other promotion, you know. We're not, right. You know, we work with Southern Underground Pro, you know, I was at TWE last night selling tickets, but we're sort of a distinct operation, and I think that allows us some freedom that other promotions and other shows don't have even with their tournaments because there's so much energy and like how are we going to get to our next guy who's challenging for the title or whatever we don't have to worry about that here you know that's like and and uh that that allows us to put on i think a different sort of show um and i think just the novelty of having this kind of destination event in, in a relatively small city like chattanooga with such a, a hodgepodge of names, I think, has really been a big deal because I, I stress this more than anything. So this is a little bit of a talking point. At some point, the talking points get boring, you know, but it's an important talking point. The SCI is unlike other tournaments, if, if you look around the country, right? Well, a lot of the other marquee tournaments, there's both in the United States and internationally, there's a lot of emphasis that's put on um, the bigger names. And uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Far be it for me to tell PWG how to do business. I think they're pretty good at it. Sure, right? sure, sure. But, but uh, what we do and our goal is a little bit different. Our goal is we want to have a tournament that brings people into this region, bigger names into this region that have not been here before, or have not been there here in years. In this case, people like PCO, Nick Gage, Nicole Scorpio, et cetera. But also, we want to focus on showcase the regional and local talent in this area in matches that they would never otherwise get an opportunity to be in. And that is a huge, huge part of what we've done the last few years. I mean, it, it, and I think it, is, it has been hugely important in, in helping elevate the profiles of several wrestlers, whether it be Anthony Henry, who's now an evolved guy and who I personally believe his breakout match was with Jimmy Rave in that first tournament and even more so with Leo Rush. Uh, in 2016, where a lot of people thought he was the MVP of the tournament, or Joey Lynch, who, who had an excellent showing last year, and, and has gone on to do more outside of the region since then, or Gunnar Miller, of course, who unfortunately is injured this year, but, you know, won in 2016 and had that huge match with Matt Riddle last year that was generated tons and tons of buzz all over the internet, which uh, certainly got him, you know, bookings all over the country that he otherwise probably would not have gotten. It, you know, it's the ability and the willingness to put some of these regional or local guys in there with some of the top names from elsewhere and give them a chance on a stage where there's a lot of fans that are traveling from out of the region. Uh, there's a lot of promoters, actually, that come to the show as well. And it just it's just a good showcase environment, and I think it's a good mix, and I think it's one of the things that makes us distinct. Man, you know, I I really, you nailed it on the head when you said, like, you know, they're matchups that, you know, you would normally never see. And the unpredictability is an aspect that I think is so important in this tournament, like you were saying, because 
you know, there is, there is no ulterior motive. Like it's a, it's a tournament. And like you said, like it isn't for a future title shot. It isn't because the SCI is a promotion where you need to build a, a particular star for any particular reason. It's, it's a field of 16 participants, all of which have a legitimate chance of winning this thing. And when you mentioned, you know, these matchups and stuff, you would normally not get to see. I mean, the, the thing that really stands out to me when you make that statement is a match like two cold Scorpio versus AJ Gray. Like where I, I, I'd imagine this is the first time this match has ever happened. And it's one of those things where like you look at those two guys and you're like, if you've ever seen AJ Gray, one of the first things that comes to mind is this guy must have been a two cold Scorpio fan when he was growing up. Like he flies around the ring. He does some power stuff like he reminds me a lot of two cold and we're going to get to see them square off against each other in the first round of this tournament. And it's crazy. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's a great example. And I mean, the reality is that uh, AJ was one of the first people we booked this year. And um, when the discussion to bring two cold Scorpio uh, came up, you know, I'm not the only person. I'm the team that does SCI. Two people in particular, uh, myself and Scott Hensley, but there are some other people who help out with some of the decision making as well. And when the discussion to, uh, about bringing in two cold Scorpio was made, I mean, it was a no brainer who we were going to put them against. And our process was you put you, you deliver that match in the first round you know that's another interesting dynamic of the tournament is we do things in the first round sometimes that people look at and go oh man why are you doing this in the first round right sure and, sure and well, there's really two reasons for that one of them is a pure um storytelling reason which is it it, it raises that unpredictability factor that you talked about Stephen. the other one is more of a promoting, uh, a pure promotional standpoint, which is we want you to come to both nights. And if you look at a card on Friday night and go, man, there's a lot of good guys there. They're really, really good. But you know what? I think I, 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 these matches are all good, but there's nothing that really knocks my socks off. There's nothing that's super original. There's nothing, I can just go to night two. I, I don't want anybody to do that. And the only way to ensure that you get people in the building for both nights is to give them something on both nights that gives them a reason to come. Well, on night two, you know you're going to see the finals. For a lot of people, I would even say for most people, that's reason enough to come. You know, we do we do a four-way elimination final. It's it's kind of unique among among tournaments. Commonwealth Cup, but Nova did it this year. Uh, Making Towns did it as well this year. But generally, we were the first that I know of to do a, a, a final like that. And I think we do a really good job with it. I think historically our finals have been excellent um, all three years previous to this. Uh, so you know what you're getting on night two, and not so much in terms of who's going to be left standing, but you know you're going to get that big, great main event. You're going to get the semifinals, etc. So that means our job on the first night is to give you things that are unique and different. And you're right, AJ Gray versus Two Cold Scorpio has never happened. But it goes beyond just that. Seven of the eight matches in the first round have never happened. <laughs> Man. The only match in the first round that has happened before is Corey Hollis and I Cross, which happened earlier this year at Southern Fried Championship Wrestling uh, down in the Monroe, Georgia area. And I Cross actually beat Corey Hollis. Of course, there's a story as, as, as to why I Cross is in that match. He's a, a substitute for Kyle Matthews, a hand-picked substitute of Kyle Matthews uh, for that matchup against uh, Corey Hollis. So, uh, you know, that's it, though. Every other match in, in, in the first round has... As far as I'm aware, and, and I've tried to research it and look into it, and I've talked to the talent themselves about it, 
has never happened in a singles capacity. You know, Kerry Offal and Nick Gage were on the opposite side of a tag team match uh, up at Nova Pro, actually on the Commonwealth Cup weekend. So uh, almost two months by the time we get to SCI itself. But by and large, this is, you know, this is just a, a slate of fresh matches across the board. Of course, Joey Lynch and, and, and Kurt Stallion were opposite each other in the finals last year, and they also were opposite each other in the finals of the Scenic City Trios tournament. Yeah, I, I was there I for both. Yeah, man, I, those are great shows. And I think they have maybe the most interesting first-round story, which I can talk about a little bit if you like here in a minute. But by and large, these are all fresh matchups. Dude, and if you'd like to talk about Joey Lynch and Kurt Stallion, please feel free because it's honestly, and I, I know you probably saw me tweet this uh, right before we started talking today, but Joey Lynch and Kurt Stallion is the is the matchup that I'm looking forward to the most, but it's also kind of like what you said where I'm like, when I saw the the brackets, or not the brackets because we don't know the second uh, what the second round will look like, but when I saw the first round um, matchups, the first thing that stuck out in my head, I was like, they're doing Joey Lynch and Kurt Stallion in the first round. Like, oh no, like these are, these are my, honestly, those are my two picks. Like those are the, the if you had to say like, which two guys do you think are going to win this thing? Those are probably my two picks. And they're, they're going to be, someone's getting eliminated in the first round. I couldn't believe this matchup was going down. But like you said, you know, it makes a lot of sense. You're, you're stacking it up on both nights. And in doing so, you somehow came up with the perfect first round. And we're going to go, I'll go match by match and uh, so we can give everybody their credit who's going to be on this show. But please do elaborate on Joey Lynch and Kurt Stallion. Yeah, sure. We can start there in terms of a match by match if you want. I think that's a good place to start. I, I think of all the matches, and you know, I talked about some, this some on the, on the Kick Out of Two podcast, of course, and I've talked about this other places as well, so I don't want to beat on the same narrative too much. But it is really important. Of all the first round matches, this is the match that I think is the most sort of immersed in SCI lore, for lack of a better way of putting it, right? So you've got Joey Lynch. He's the only person that's been in all four Scenic City Invitations. This will be his fourth. He's the only person. Gunnar Miller would have been joining him in that class, but of course Gunnar unfortunately was injured. I wish him well speedy recovery. In fact, I'm probably going to text him after I get off here with you and see how he's doing. But... uh, so Joey, in, in some respects, he is synonymous with the tournament. He's one of those handful of guys that's really become synonymous with the tournament. Kurt Stallion, not so much synonymous with the tournament, but came out of nowhere last year, right? T- totally came out of nowhere. I don't think anybody – I mean, there were a lot of people that didn't think he would win his first-round matchup last year versus Jason Kane. Right. Last year, that was considered sort of a pick uh, when people were doing their, their brackets. And uh, – not only did he win that and then go on to beat Eric Rowe in the next round, he actually eliminated Anthony Henry, who was the favorite to win the entire tournament on the brackets, in the final. So Stallion really emerged last year as a big player. I, I mentioned this uh, on Kick Out of Two as well, I mentioned it here. Kurt Stallion actually has the best winning percentage in SCI history. If you count trio, the SCI trios as well as uh, the Rumble event, Scenic City Rumble event, if you look at Scenic City branded events, Kurt Stallion's 6-1, and one, and his only loss was to Matt Riddle in that final last year. And, of course, Matt Riddle went on to win the whole thing, uh, beating Joey Lynch last in that match. Uh, also, Kurt Stallion beat Joey Lynch and pinned Joey Lynch in the finals of Scenic City Trios. Uh, uh, so there's a, there's a personal – I mean, these guys, 
The last two times we've had tournaments at a Scenic City event, these two guys were in the finals, opposite each other. You know, the first time, Joey Lynch made it a little bit farther, but still didn't get the W. Matt Riddle beat him. Uh, at Scenic City Trios, last November, Chris Stallion beat Joey. And there's a lot of pressure on Joey. You know, he's he's the guy carrying, waving the hometown flag this year. You know, Cyrus the Destroyer is from North Georgia, so he's from this rough area. Kerry Awful, of course, is the heart and soul of Tennessee wrestling. I said that when when uh, I announced him for the field back at Southern Underground Pro, and I really mean it. Uh, that's a, That's legit to me. But he's not a Chattanooga guy. Uh, the, the weight of the world is on Joey Lynch's shoulders. And, you know, with Kurt Stallion, he's, it, it, you may not look at him and think, oh, he's the guy to be. You might not look at him and think that from the perspective of his name is not synonymous necessarily with the SCI, the way that Joey Lynch's has been, just because of the tenure and the amount of time that Joey's put in uh, with, with Scenic City branded events. But in terms of that win percentage, nobody's got a better one. Kurt in this universe, and I, I you know, I, I said this is the biggest point for me when we put this field together. We, uh, you know, we realized, you know, with, with Gunner being hurt and with uh, without Anthony and Matt Riddle coming back, those guys are both great. I love them both as people and as talents, but without them coming back as well, we realized this is a situation where we can give the fans something totally fresh in that final. We can give them something different. But the only way we can guarantee they're going to get something different is if the other two finalists are in round one against each other. Right. So right. They're at, at most, at most, there will be one person returning to the final this year from last year. And that is far from a guarantee because, you know, who knows what's going to happen in round two? Who's going to, who knows what's going to happen in round one? I say this all the time and people think I'm just being a promoter and being a carny and whatever but I mean we have that scramble match on night two for a reason okay and I'll remind you and our listeners of the, of the uh, rationale and the reason behind that Stephen if there are 20 minute time limits in the first round of the SCI you know if a match goes to a draw or there's a double DQ or a double count out which is also possible I suppose although last year after Derby and officials are going to do this but it's at least theoretically possible that uh, that can happen and a a time limit draw is very possible in fact back in 2016 the reason we instituted this rule Chris Hero and Kyle Matthews literally went to the last second uh, in the main event of, of of night one so we instituted this rule we don't want anybody getting a bye which means in the event of a draw that scramble match on night two gets you, basically, you become the the alternate, and you get subbed into whatever that spot would be, and you're in the tournament. Now, if if there isn't a draw on night one, then that scramble match uh, determines who, uh, not only does it earn you a a spot in the Scenic City level, but it also gives you the ability to pick your your entry number, which, you know, most people would probably pick 30. This year, Kyle Matthews picked one for some reason, but uh, it it gives you an opportunity to do that. So, you got to keep that in the back of your mind, too. And I'll, and I'll stress that as we go through this, is we've never done it, but it doesn't mean we won't do it. <laughs> There's always a possibility of a draw in the first round. That's so cool, man. And that leaves open so many different options. Like, it's so smart. And 
you know, the one one last thing I want to say about Joey Lynch and Chris Stein before we move on to these other matchups is, you know, like you said, Joey Lynch has like the weight of the world on his shoulders, and he's like the guy who's like, it almost reminds me somewhat of kind of like Sami Zayn's NXT run, like where it was like he was like almost there, like he almost won the big one, almost won the big one, almost won the big one, and we're just waiting for Joey Lynch to win the SCI, hold that trophy over his head, and you know, finally claim himself the king of scenic city. And then on the flip side, you've got Kurt Stallion, who is like, and of course, we got to mention, you know, Joey Lynch, of course, just popped up on 205 Live. Like, he's getting a lot of national exposure. And Kurt Stallion just recently won the, the uh, Glory Pro Championship. He's a guy who's like, just like one step below, I feel like, like really breaking out. I know he's done some stuff like the New Japan Dojo and stuff like that. He's one of the faces of uh, Southern Underground Pro. So Kurt Stallion could benefit so much from a win over Joey Lynch, but at the same time, Joey Lynch needs this win to like get over his own hump as well. So like, it's really a must win for both guys, which makes it so exciting. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and you know, I mean, you're talking about Joey coming up short. You know, he also went to the finals of the Powerbomb.tv independent title tournament where he lost to Jonathan Grush. So he was also one step away from winning that. <sighs> uh, like, that's three major tournaments. Uh, and, and basically the last year or so, uh, the Scenic City Trio, the Scenic City Invitational, and that Powerbomb.tv independent tournament, where Joey was got right up to the door, and he just he just couldn't get through it. And, uh, you know, so it's a big it's a big deal, and you're right. Chris Stallion is right on the precipice. I mean, anybody who knows me knows how I feel about Kurt. You know, he's, 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 he's uh, I've been extremely high on him since the first time I saw him. Uh, he drives me crazy sometimes. I legitimately love him like a brother. Uh, I think he's a great wrestler. Uh, and he is, in my opinion, about as close as you can get to being at that next level of independent wrestling star. He's just, just he's right there. And uh, you're absolutely right. This match is really make or break for both guys. And I think I've even heard you mention uh, Kurt Stein as like one of the guys that's like the most maximum effort guys you've ever heard yes. or ever watched, rather. Hundred percent. This tournament has got a lot of those guys, to be honest with you. I mean, another guy that I would put in that category, for example, is Gary J. Uh, but but Kurt is. I don't think I've ever seen him take a day off in a wrestling context. Uh, it's always go go go. It's always out there trying to deliver for the fans. And for himself, for that matter. And uh, he's got, you know, he's got a couple wild challenges in front of him uh, this coming weekend because he's got Joey Lynch in that first round. He gets past that, who knows what will happen in the second round of the finals. And he's also got A.J. Gray in that I quit match in Southern Underground Pro on Sunday. Oh, man. So much great stuff. And you know what? I'll do predictions while we go through these. I'll give you who I think who I think is going to win these matches. Um, and we'll start with Joey Lynch and Curtis Stein since we've talked about it. And this is honestly the hardest one for me to even predict. Um, cause they, gosh, there's so many ways you can go with both guys, but I've got to give the nod to Joey Lynch. I just think that like, this really could be his year and I've got to pick Joey Lynch over Kurt Stallion. But like, I honestly think like either guy wins, like I think either guy who wins this one is like got to be considered the favorite or one of the top two, three favorites in this whole thing. Yeah. I mean, for a lot of people, th- this is being looked at as basically the final in the first round. Right. Uh, and, and I don't think that's fair because my, my counter to that is look at how these two guys wrestle. 
You know, oh, sure, um, great point. You're looking at this from a narrative perspective, and you're looking at it with what I call PWI eyes. It, look at how these two guys wrestle. I mean, what's even going to be left for round two? Yeah, that's <laughs> a great point. That is a fantastic. I mean, Kurt Stallion. I've heard you joke about it before. Kurt Stallion's finish is a is a kamikaze headbutt. I mean, he could he can hurt himself doing his finish at any point. That's that's a hundred percent true. I mean, last year at Scenic City, you know, in that match in the second round with Eric, with Eric Royal, he did the Fosbury flop, and I watched his head crack. And this is not something that uh, you know has ever been disclosed, but you know, I went underneath the bleachers with him after that match, and and I checked him to see if uh, I thought he had a concussion, and he didn't appear to. He wasn't you know throwing up or doing any of the other things that you would uh, expect. His, his pupils look fine, and I unfortunately had to give him a few of those field tests like things for concussions in my life before, but uh, I was scared to death, you know? Uh, and, and I mean, that's just, that's just how that guy is. Uh, he, he, he's, he's always, he's always a machine and Joey Lynch, by the same token, is a wrestling machine too. Uh, best moonsault in business, in my opinion. Um, one of the, I, I think, uh, an underrated striker. I think people don't think about how good Joey Lynch is as a striker because he's seen as a high flyer. But he's a guy that you absolutely do not want to get into a fist fight with. Got that karate background. Um, I, you know, this this is a hard one to pick. I respect your Joey Lynch pick, but I would have also respected you if you picked Kurt Stallion. I think this is a tough one to pick. If it's it's honestly like it's it, it, the the pick changes by the minute. I'm just I'm, I'm calling Joey Lynch on the record. But if you see me in Chattanooga and I'm wearing a Kurt Stallion shirt and cheering him on, like just don't hold me to this. All right. Um, I'm going to move on now. Since we talked a little bit about it already, the next one I'd like to touch a little more on, Two Cold Scorpio and AJ Gray. You know, you mentioned that it was a no-brainer to put this one together. Um, this will be the first time I think I've ever seen Two Cold live. And I've been watching him since, man, WCW. So this is something that, like, as a fan, is super cool for me. Like, I mean, I get to see one of my childhood favorites. I mean, a guy I watched in ECW. I mean, I love the Tumbleweed, the 450, like, He's an innovator, and I get to actually watch him in 2018 against a guy in AJ Gray who is really big in our circles, um, especially here in this region, and he's popping up more and more places lately. Super dynamic guy who, like I said, reminds me a lot of a young Too Cold Scorpio. Um, would you like to elaborate any more on, on this contest that you got put together? Well, I know for a fact that this is one of AJ Gray's dream matches, okay? And... I also know for a fact that Two Cold Scorpio can still go at a high level. Um, you know, if there's any, one thing that 2018 has taught us, it's just because somebody has got a few more years on them, it doesn't mean they can't go. Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But, but uh, you know, Scorpio can still go. Um, I think it's going to be a real test, uh, you know, mentally for, for AJ. You know, you wanted this match, you got this match, you've got to prove yourself against somebody that you look up to. Um, there's there's no uh, there's no ability to sort of coast against somebody like Scorpio. Uh, he's gonna push you, he's gonna push you to your limit. Um, it's a generational match, which I'm always into when you have an opportunity to do those and they're organic and they feel right. Uh, it's like an intergenerational dynamic to it. Um, I, I'm very much excited for this. 
Uh, I think it has potential to be uh, a show stealer, but I also feel that about basically every match. I, 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 you know, I mean, I know that again. I know that sounds like carny promoter talk, but I really feel like in this first round, and this is something that I think really you could say of a, a, a lot of years with this tournament. You know, the first year I think the clear best match in that first night was Anthony Henry versus Jimmy Ray, but in both 2016 and 2017, you know. People could have picked uh, a lot of different matches. I mean, one of the the things that I really enjoyed the most about the reviews and talking to fans after last year's show was, after the first night was over, there were I think you know I, I think six six of the eight matches I heard scuttlebutt with people talking about them thinking it was the best match of the night, and it wasn't like they didn't like the other two matches either. Right. You know, and uh, that is very telling. And I think uh, Too Cold and AJ, uh, I expect to kill it. Um, I think it's another one where it's hard to predict the winner. I think a lot of people will look at this and um, I, I think this is one of these ones where there could be like a 50-50 mindset. Where some people might look at it and go, I think AJ's going to win because he's you know a younger star or whatever. And I think some people might look at it with the exact opposite mindset and say, I think Two Gold's gonna win because he's the big name, you know. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, this is probably more than any other match. This is the match where I'm most interested in the fan predictions because I've already seen a wide divergence on it, and I'm interested to see what you think. So, as far as my prediction, I'm gonna take AJ Gray. I'm gonna go kind of the young, the young, uh, almost like the student beating the teacher type scenario. Um, I'm going to go with that route, but it's also one of those things, like you said, I mean, I could see Too Cold going the whole way also. Like, that's what's so great about these matchups. Like, and you aren't, you don't, you know, it is promoter talk, but you're telling the truth. Like, I'm looking at this this field as a fan, and, like, I literally am getting excited sitting here, like, knowing these other matchups we're going to be talking about because you just don't get to see this all under, you know, one roof over the two-night span anywhere else with, with these kind of guys. And... I mean, I'll just move on. You know, Ike Cross versus Corey Hollis. Another one. I'm not as familiar with Ike Cross, but I'm very familiar with Corey Hollis. And uh, he's a guy, you know, I've seen regionally. We've seen him on NXT. I think he's on stuff with TNA. Like, he's all over the place. He was a part of Dojo Pro. Anyone who uh, wants to check that out, that's on Amazon Prime now. Uh, He was a part of that show. Uh, So this is a matchup. I didn't know that they had a history, so... If you'd like to elaborate a little more on that in this matchup, uh, please do, Dylan. Yeah, so this is a very interesting, you know, matchup on paper in the sense that Ike is a guy that has really been, um, he's really sort of been, this is going to sound negative, so I want to make sure I frame this correctly. He's been sort of crowned, I guess, as one of the new guys that's going to emerge from that Georgia scene, and be, you know what I'm saying? Sure. And, be, and become a big-time player. And uh, so far, I actually think he's walked the walk on that. Um, you know, uh, he was the Chattanooga Pro Champion at one point up here. He's the Southern Fried Championship uh, Wrestling ch- Champion right now. And Southern Fried, uh, you know, is not a promotion that's talked about a lot, uh, but it was started up by, by, by my buddy Charles Anschutz, who passed away this year. He used to come to Scenic City every year. Uh, God bless him. Miss you, Charlie. 
but it is one of the biggest promotions, uh, I, I would actually argue, in the Southeast in terms of how often they run, their draws are always good, you know, you know I mean, like, so that's a, that's a big-time promotion for, for the state of Georgia, and he's the top guy there. And then just last night on Fight TV, uh, he defeated Billy Buck in a 2 out of 3 falls match to win the Landmark Heritage title in, in Cornelia, Georgia. Of course, on that same show, Corey Hollis got beat up by Slim Jim. Uh, but, <laughs> okay. uh, nice. you know, Corey mentally, um, he's kind of snapped. Uh, he's, he's, uh, I mean, I, if you follow Corey on Twitter or if you watch what he's done at PWX over the course of the last year, year and a half against John Schuyler or, or uh, at Southern Fry with Jacob Ashworth or, uh, versus, uh, in that, in that view with Slim J and Anarchy, um, a lot of that's available. Uh, online through via one platform or another, you know, he's kind of turned into like almost like the Phantom of the Opera. opera. Like he's just a very bitter guy. Right. And, uh, he won the Scenic City Rumble this past year. He he, he won it in very duplicitous fashion, uh, hiding under the ring. He threw me off the apron into the guardrail after the match was over. Uh, he's constantly baiting people on Twitter. Uh, he pretends that he doesn't care about the tournament on Twitter, but I can tell you this, um, he whined incessantly when he wasn't in last year's field, uh, and then showed up for a, uh, opening match on night two against Dominic Graney, where he low-blowed him, uh, to win. That's right. Uh, I remember that. So, so Corey has been a nuisance, uh, for a while, but he's also very smart and he's very good. I mean, I would never say that, that that's untrue. I mean, one sort of, you know, this again, this is a little bit of a talking point, forgive me, Stephen, but one of the talking points that I stress with this is Corey has lost to two people in the tournament proper, Jimmy Rave and Matt Riddle. Both of them have gone on to win the tournament. So he's only ever lost to people who have won the whole thing. That's it. And Ike, you know, if that, that means if, if Ike gets the W, I mean, the sky's the limit. One other thing you got to remember, we've never really told the true underdog story at Scenic City. So don't rule out Ike Cross. And you might not you might not know his name. You might not know a lot about him. He's super athletic. Uh, he, he's extremely dynamic and versatile. He's actually well-known and liked in the Chattanooga area from wrestling at Chattanooga Pro and TWE and stuff for on and off the last couple of years. So he has a big fan base here in this area. Um, and, I, 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 you know, you can't rule him out. And, Earlier this year, he beat Corey Hollis, you know, which, in my opinion, that's the reason that Kyle Matthews picked him. But, uh, you know, he beat Corey Hollis earlier this year at Southern Pride. So he, he's defeated him this year. His record against Corey Hollis is actually 1-0. and uh, So uh, there's a – this is an interesting dynamic. And, I mean, the thing with Corey is um, if you've watched him at our events or other events, you know – that he's in the frame of mind where he's going to do anything he can to win a wrestling match. Yep. And uh, that means that this match could potentially be, uh, you know, a a sort of overtime situation for the referee just trying to maintain order. It could also mean, by the way, that we could see our first disqualification ever in the first round of the Scenic City Invitational because... If Hollis spins the rules 
too much and goes too far. You know, we got some good referee. We got we got Doug Markham refereeing this year, buddy. He's not gonna mm. tolerate this. Stuff. Nice, I love Doug. So you know, uh, that's another thing to keep in the back of your mind. Is, is Corey Hollis going to be able to uh, keep his cool? Uh, you know, long enough to to uh, even put himself in a position where he can get the win. Man, so. That being said, I still I am going to go Corey Hollis because I feel like he's he's a desperate man. I I think that he's like you were saying, like he'll do anything he can to win. Uh, he doesn't care about the fans. I just I I see him pulling out some underhanded tactics and making it to the second round this year. So I'm going to go Corey Hollis. But you just got me way more intrigued in the matchup because I did not know the history between the two. So I mean I'm pumped up for that. That's awesome. Um, up next. Gary J and Kane Justice. Man, uh, Gary J, when you mentioned, you know, guys who go, you know, maximum effort, you know, like Kurt Stallion, Gary J, another guy you mentioned, and I don't think I've ever seen him once go out there and I didn't leave that match, like, shaking my head, like, how is this guy still alive? How is his opponent still alive? This guy just goes so hard out there and he's so good, so entertaining. Uh, in front of all the crowds I've seen, in front of a more family-friendly crowd, something like, uh, you know, Glory Pro, and also in front of a crowd like at the uh, Southern Underground shows, you know. Like, he does it all. He's good in front of everybody. And Kane Justice is a guy that I know a little bit of, but not as much as Gary J, just because I've seen Gary J live uh, more often. Dylan, where kind of give us a little information about how this one got put together, and if you can educate me a little bit on Kane Justice as somebody who knows a whole lot about Kerry J. Yeah, so Kane Justice, I'll start with the education there. To me, he's a wrestling prodigy, and I do not use that term lightly. He's only a couple years in the business, uh, and, 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 you know, he's really become a dominant force in CWF Mid-Atlantic. In fact, as we record this, just last night, he won the tag team titles there with Ethan Alexander Sharp. He's previously been their Rising Generation League champion, which is basically... I hate calling it their rookie league because a lot of their rookies are really good, but that's effectively what it is. Uh, he went to the limit with Trevor Lee last year at the CWF Rumble, and I mean, probably tested Trevor Lee more than anybody else has, I would say, other than perhaps Chip Day in Trevor's entire title reign, which has gone on for over two years now. Wow. So, is that available, by the way, Dylan, to watch? Uh, the CWF Rumble is available for free, actually, on YouTube, on CWF, CWF Worldwide. I'm going to yes. watch that right after this. Awesome. That sounds awesome. And, you know, Kane, he's been, he's been down in action. You know, he, uh, he lost to Fred Yehi in his first outing there, very competitive. But notably, in his last outing in action, he defeated Anthony Henry. And that's especially notable for two reasons. One, because Anthony Henry is, the in the eyes of many people, the, the sort of first ballot Hall of Famer of the Scenic City Invitational, uh, historically, over the last three years. And two... Anthony Henry's the person that beat Gary J in the first round of the SCI last year. So, you know, there's a little bit of an interesting dynamic at play there. Um, and this thing, I think of all the matches, uh, has turned into a bigger Twitter beef than anything else. You know, there have been some back and forth with Kane and Gary and some of Kane's fans and Gary's fans over the last week, week and a half, uh, with people, you know, Kane, Kane's a... He's sort of a jujitsu judo practitioner, and you know the idea is that he's going to take Gary's arm and mess it up. And you know, Gary, of course, and his side are countering that they're going to basically chop 
uh, Kane to death. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, man. I like this is this is going to be a hard nosed fight. You know, Gary came very very close to beating Anthony Henry last year in the first round uh, in that in that semifinal match, and I mean that's really important because if you look at the history of the SCI, the first year of the tournament, 2015, Anthony Henry lost in the semifinal to Jimmy Rave in a match that a lot of people thought was the match of the night, if not the match of the tournament. And some people thought it was the best match in the state of Georgia that year, actually. Uh, the, you know, and then last year, uh, Gary J, again, semifinal on night one, wrestling Anthony Henry, who was more in the Jimmy Rave role that time, and he lost, but in a hard-fought match where he took Anthony to the limit. And uh, I think he really made his bones with the audience here in Chattanooga. Everybody's a Gary J guy now. You know, uh, our gal, I should say. And then he turned around and uh, was on Team Glory Pro with Byron Reed and Kurt Stallion, which won the Scenic City Trios Tournament. Um, so Gary's had success here. Uh, he's had some failure here as well. Uh, you know, and I think on paper, I think a lot of people probably look at this and think Gary has the clear advantage. But Kane Justice, for somebody who's been in wrestling for a relatively brief period of time, has been in there with some extremely heavy hitters, and he's taken them to the limit or beaten them. And uh, I, I don't think by any means that this is a, a an easy win for Gary J. And I actually think this is one of those matches that, on paper, you know, if you're familiar with both guys, I, I, I said this early on Twitter. And I'm not sure I would stick to it now because it changes almost every day. In fact, I think I have a different answer today than I had even last time I did this. But um, this is one of the matches I'm most looking forward to on the entire show because I think the dynamic is fascinating and there's a personal issue now between these two guys. Interesting. Man, I'm pumped for that one now. Uh, i got to get more info on Kane Justice. I'm glad that there's more stuff out there that I can watch so I can be more prepared for this by the time the show actually happens. I got to go Gary J just because he's a guy, I once again, I know more about him. I've I've seen how hard he goes in the ring, and he's somebody also similar to kind of like Kurt Stallion where, like, he's just a couple bumps, you know, from really breaking out also, I feel like. So I think a big showing from Gary J could do a lot for him. But on the flip side, it could for Kane Justice as well, being a young up-and-comer. So that's a match I'm very much looking forward to now. But I am going to go with Gary J as my prediction. And uh, after that, this one jumps right off the paper. Uh, we got Cyrus the Destroyer versus PCO. And it's hard for me to even get those words out without smiling because I, I can't believe you put this match together, dude. This is amazing. Like, Cyrus being from that area, being so well-known in that area, um, he's a big dude. This is like, you know, kind of like, you know, your typical Haas fight, I guess you'd say. But not typical because it's, you know, it's Cyrus and you got PCO who... You know, you mentioned when we were talking about Two Cold Scorpio, guys having kind of career resurgences and on the indies. And, like, I would have never in a million years ever thought that PCO was even still interested in wrestling, that he was even doing any of these things. Not not to mention that, like, he's he's adapted his style to, like, the current, quote-unquote, kind of indie style of wrestling. This match is amazing, dude. How did this come together? And have you been getting a lot of buzz online about putting this matchup together? Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of those things where a lot of people don't know Cyrus. In some ways, uh, he might be the least known person in the field. 
either him or Ike Cross. But that's also the type of people that we like to feature in this tournament, is people who you're not going to see elsewhere who get an opportunity to break out and do something different. And, you know, Cyrus has been getting a little bit mouthy on Twitter with PCO and vice versa. Um, these are two big boys. I think if you ask me today, this would be my pick for the match I'm most looking forward to. Um, I think Cyrus has a lot to gain. Uh, you know, if he's able to knock off PCO, that's huge. Yeah. And uh, I don't think that can be ruled out by any stretch of the imagination. Um, this is the kind of match that only Scenic City can do. Nobody else is going to book this match. And again, some people say, oh, I don't even know who Cyrus is. Well, I mean, you will after this. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, he, he, he's a big guy, extremely agile, very heavy hitter, freakishly strong, um, you know, and I think he knows that this is the biggest opportunity of his career. You know, sometimes guys get, get, get opportunities, and I don't want to say they don't appreciate it, but I think sometimes they're not fully cognizant of how big the opportunity is. That's not the case with Cyrus. He is well aware of the fact that this is the biggest opportunity of his career. And I think for PCO, you know, the guy's not human, and I don't think he overlooks anybody. Uh, I really don't. But he's got a lot of big stuff coming up. You know, he's got Matt Riddle at at, uh, at Boston, New York. Uh, Joe Janela's uh, Boston, New York, GCW, just a couple weeks after the SCI. You know, and God knows he's got Bola not too long after that. So I'm not suggesting that uh, he's not looking forward to it. I mean, he's been an awesome guy to do business with. I've enjoyed talking to him. He's super talented. I'm overjoyed to have him down here. Uh, but my point is, he's got a lot of stuff coming up. He's got Darby Allen at Black Label coming up. He's got a lot of stuff coming up. Cyrus is singularly focused on PCO. You know, I mean, that is that is that that's who's in the crosshairs, and uh, it's going to be a true hot fight. A true hot fight. I'm so pumped up for that. You know, I, I discovered Cyrus through some of his matches with um, with Gunnar Miller, who, you know, we mentioned, unfortunately injured and can't be a part of the show. Gunnar was also part of the uh, the Dojo Pro show for, you know, people who want to check that out, like I've been saying, uh, which is a real bummer. Because uh, to be honest, like when the, when the announcements were coming out, I think I was going to lean Gunnar Miller to win the whole thing. So, like... When he got uh, when he got injured, it really opened things up for me because I was like, oh, well, if Gunner's out, like, who am I going to go with? And uh, seeing Cyrus versus PCO is just a matchup that, I mean, for me, it's a it's a dream match. Like, it's something once again that's so great about this tournament. These first round matchups, like, it's stuff you just never really think you're going to actually see in person. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you got Cyrus the Destroyer versus PCO staring you right in the face, and it's like, I can't believe it. Uh, as far as my prediction, I'm going to go PCO, uh, but once again, like, I mean, Cyrus can gain so much from this win, but I just think that the momentum the PCO has, the name value he brings in, I think uh, this is something where I could even see PCO winning the entire tournament possibly with, with the year he's having. So I'm going PCO, but this is something that if, if anyone listening to this show isn't familiar with Cyrus or maybe doesn't even know that you know what PCO has been up to. I strongly, strongly suggest uh, getting educated on these guys and also finding their matches. And when this is available, if you if you can't be there live, go out of your way to watch this match whenever it's available. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, 
Um, after that, we got Darius Lockhart versus Warhorse Jake Parnell. Lockhart um, is a guy, once again, don't know a ton about, but I have seen some of his matches with like Cedric Alexander. Um, I know he's a guy in really good shape. He does some really great stuff. And you've got Warhorse Jake Parnell, who, in my opinion, this is just my humble opinion, uh, is the most improved wrestler uh, over the last year that I've seen. As far as guys that, I mean, the, la the first time I saw Jake Parnell live was probably at a Glory Pro show around a year or so ago. And when I saw him, once again, it was only around a year, year and a half, whatever it was. And the first time I saw Jake, and this isn't this isn't a slight, it's just because he's a young guy and he's he's an up-and-coming guy. Like, when I first saw him, I was like, man, this guy's got a lot of potential. But it's like, he's still kind of got some baby fat. Like, he's still, like, he's still, like, you can tell he's just learning. He's out there. He's learning. But, man, I saw a match between him and Fred Yehi from Black Label Pro from just a few weeks back. And I was like, Jake Parnell has gotten so good in such a short amount of time. And he's filling out his body. He's growing. He's getting bigger. He's getting better. This, this guy's the limit for Jake Parnell, and I don't want to take anything away from Darius Lockhart. I just wanted to put over the fact that I've noticed a significant improvement in Parnell over the last year, and I'm really excited for his future. Um, what are your thoughts on this matchup, Dylan, and kind of what should we expect as fans? Yeah, I agree with everything you said about Jake. I think Jake is a true blue chipper. Um, I think what him, him and Gary J were able to do the Midwest this year, and really starting last year, is extremely impressive. They were able to develop an authentic regional rivalry, mistakes, feuds that mattered. Carrier took multiple promotions, at least three you know, promotions in, in that area that I'm aware of, and draw big houses off of it. That, it. that just doesn't happen very much in any wrestling these days. And to be able to do that, as, the way they did it with the quality of matches, um, you know, uh, they deserve a ton of credit for that. Uh, so kudos to both of them. Jake in particular, you know, Gary, he's been he's been a guy for a while. You know, he's been he's been a heavy hitter for a while. Jake, you know, if you if you followed him from the Viking War Party days when he was the littlest Viking, you probably have always been entertained by him. But I agree with you in the sense that he really feels like he's found himself completely. I'd say in the last six to nine months. Um, he's, he's really elevated his game and he's become one of, in my opinion, one of the fastest rising stars in, in wrestling, to be honest. Um, he's willing to make the drives. He, his look is good. He, his wrestling style is explosive and impressive and different. Um, I, I just, I'm, I'm very, very high on Jake. I can say everything I just said about Jake, I can say about Darius, you know, uh, where, whereas Jake's that great rep representative of the Midwestern Darius is a great represent, representative of the Carolina scene in the Mid-Atlantic. Um, you know, he's a guy who's barely in his 20s, and, you know, he's already been to the U.K. He, he, uh, to really to improve his skills. I mean, he went over there to learn. A lot of guys will, will go over there if they get a date or, you know, or whatever. He went over there to learn and get better. Um, you know, he's uh, the sort of a protege of Cedric Alexander, which is obviously... Uh, not a not a bad person to have as a mentor. Um, one of the stylistically, I think he's one of the hardest people in the tournament to peg because, uh, you know, like when I think of Darius, I don't think, oh, he's a striker or oh, he's a flyer or oh, he, 
he's this, he's that. I think he's capable of almost anything. He's a he's got a he's like a utility player, and I don't mean that like in the diminishing way. You know, I was a fan of Jim Eisenreich, so I can sure, say sure. player and actually be talking somebody up, not talking them down. <laughs> but uh, right, right. He, he was a, he's he's a true utility player, and he's had some absolute killer matches this year. He had a really good match with Myron Reed from earlier this year at the X16. Uh, he had a match from the PWX Pure event just recently, uh, which is available for free on YouTube, versus Slim J. That is like, I mean, it'll blow you away, Steve. I mean, it will absolutely blow you away. If you, if, if you want to do your homework and catch up on Darius Lockhart, that's the match I would recommend. Uh, it's a PWX Pure event for free on YouTube, um, and that match will knock your socks off, and you will see why Darius Lockhart is in this tournament. And, uh, yeah, I... You know, it's another thing to keep in mind, you know, when you're doing your picks or when you're thinking about this field or whatever is we put those two sort of Midwestern stalwarts, the, the, the people carrying the flag of that scene, uh, Gary J and Jay Parnell, we put them both against Carolina boys. We put them against Kane and Darius respectively. So there's a little bit of a intramural conflict going on uh, as well uh, on top of the... Uh, the singular conflict. I like it. I'm writing that down right now, actually, Dylan. You said that was at a PWX. It was a Slim J and Darius Lockhart. That's the match to look up? Yes, absolutely. It's part of a full show. It's part of an entire... It's a PWX pure show. The, it's the main event of that show. And you, everybody listening to this, do not, do not miss that match. That match is... I mean, like, I promise you, you'll be blown away by how good it is. Like, I guarantee it. Awesome. I'm going to take your word on that. I just wrote it down. That is in my list of stuff to watch right after this, so I'm looking forward to that. As far as a prediction, I am going to go Jake Parnell, and he's another guy. Once again, I feel like I'm saying it about pretty much everyone in every one of these matches. He's another He's another guy I could see winning this entire thing. Like, uh, if, if Warhorse could make it all the way, he, I mean... He's just another guy that has such a bright future. A, a win at this tournament would just be so huge for him. I'm going to go with Jake Parnell, um, and that's going to be a great transition into the next match because another guy that you actually turned me on to, whether you know it or not, I just through like your Twitter and you know hearing you, you talk about wrestling and stuff over the years, uh, you led me to discover Fred Yehi. I was unaware of what that man was doing, and he's one of the best indie wrestlers out there. I mean, he's amazing. Um, and we got Fred Yehi versus Mance Warner. Uh, that's probably if if Joey Lynch and Kurt Stallion isn't my number one match that I'm looking forward to. Number two is is Mance Warner and Freddie Ahai. I'm so looking forward to this. Mance is a guy that obviously you know he's really known for like you know his work with IWA. He's here at, at Southern Underground way more regular now. He's become kind of like a a living legend of Southern Underground in like a short amount of time. He's perfect for that crowd. Um, I think him and Yehi are going to absolutely tear the house down. Give me, uh, guess some of your thoughts on this one. Cause, I mean, I'm sure you could talk about this matchup for the next hour alone. But you know, what should the fans kind of expect out of this one? Because th- this one could really, really steal the whole weekend. Yeah, I, I think uh, this match kind of is the match that I, it, it shouldn't be an oddball match. Okay, it shouldn't be. Uh, but I think it is in the sense that I think it was a match that for some pe- reason people didn't even consider it an option. <laughs> like right, yeah. And then when it was announced, 
chaos, everybody was like, oh, man, they're going to, oh, and, and, uh, listen, Fred Yehi is, this is a shoot, it's 100% legitimate, he is by far the most requested person we've ever had for the tournament. Uh, however, Mance is Mance, you know, Mance, you talk about a guy with a cult following, and a guy who's elevated his game in the last year or so. Um, Mance went from a guy that was primarily thought of as almost a comedic character to the people that were paying attention to him to being like a serious player in independent wrestling. And I, nobody think, people, people don't think about Fred Yehi as being heavy-handed, but he is. We know Mance Warner is heavy-handed. Um, I think this has potential to be a knockdown drag out. Having just watched Fred Yehi's match with Eddie Kingston from AAW back in May, I think Eddie Kingston and Mance are very similar wrestlers in a lot of ways. And I could easily see something very similar to that match unfolding. Uh, and if you haven't seen that match, you should, because it's a great match. But I could, I could easily see a matchup like that being what we get from these two. Um, I think for a lot of people, Fred will be the favorite. Uh, but I actually think there will be a sizable minority of people that will expect Mancer to pull this one out. Um, you know, he's got that Southern Underground Pro connection where he's one of the biggest stars we've got up there. Um, so I think he, you know, conversely, Fred's wrestled Chattanooga a lot over the years, albeit it hasn't been years, it's never been for us. But um, it, it's tough to say who has the hometown advantage, so to speak, in this one, if you, if you know what I mean. Sure. Like, like, I, like, I don't, like... Neither guy is obviously a Chattanooga guy. Both guys have some sort of following in the state of Tennessee. Um, you know, I, I think that this could be the match that people are talking about at the end of night one. I, you know, again, that's, I, I've sort of said things like that several times, but if you force me to pick one match and one match only, if I was forced to pick one match only that I think is the most likely to have people buzzing at the City Cafe Diner when the show is over, <laughs> it will be this match. That would, would, that, that would be the match that I think has the highest likelihood of being the match people are talking about at the end of the night. Man, I couldn't agree more. Uh, this one's so difficult for me to predict. I, uh, I'm sitting here, like, I'm waffling it as I'm, as I'm thinking here. But I gotta go yay high, I feel like. And that's nothing against Mance, obviously. It's just, man. Like, because I, once again, either guy is a great option. And what, you know what? Something I really like about this tournament as well, Dylan, is that we don't know the, what the second round brackets look like. Because I think that that leads people to start kind of, not necessarily that they're going to know what's going to happen, but, you know, it, it kind of leads towards certain potential matchups that might make it a little more predictable. But since I have no idea what the second round could even look like, it's all up in the air. Um, you know, I'm glad you said that, Stephen, to step on you real quick. I'm glad you said that because we agonized about that. You know, for 2015 and 2016, it was a blind bracket, just like this year. And then last year, we actually released brackets in advance. And I don't think that it really hurt the shows, to be honest with you. But to me, it personally, it didn't add to Right, I think for some people it did add to them, and that's great. But we sort of, we thought about it, we, we debated whether or not to release a bracket in advance. And I 
I see pros and cons to both, but I think I've fallen kind of comfortably into the camp that you just expressed, where not knowing, it, it lessens the risk of telegraphing what we're going to give you on night two. Exactly. And I, I think, uh, in particular for this field, where I do think there's a lot of uh, mystery uh, that you can kind of read onto things if you're looking at this at this round one. In particular for this field, I'm glad we're doing a blind bracket. We may return to a public bracket in subsequent years. That's possible. But for this year, I think blind bracket was the right call. I like that. I'm with you, man. Like, I mean, obviously, I, I can see both sides are the good side in, in, in both ways of doing it. But I, I, I really like the blind bracket, man. I'm a fan of it. And uh, like I said, I'm going to take Yehi and – but would it surprise me if Mance won? Of course not. You know, it's just – what a great matchup, dude. I'm so, – uh, you know what? If if any of these could potentially go to that, that time limit draw, maybe it's that one. Like maybe – I don't – I just don't – I don't see either of these guys quitting. So, man, I'm – I am – I'm so stoked on that matchup, and that leads me right into the last matchup I've got in front of me. And also, I'd like to touch on the uh, the um, the futures uh, tournament that you got going on as well. I don't want to forget those guys, um, but I do want to mention before that, you know, we got Kerry Offa versus Nick Gage, another matchup. I'm pretty sure I've never seen Nick Gage live. I'm obviously very familiar with him over the years, and Kerry Offa, like you said, the heart and soul of uh, Tennessee wrestling. I was there at Southern Underground where you announced that Kerry was getting a spot. Um, I've been watching him in Chattanooga, Nashville. Uh, he, they've been pop, the Carney's been popping up in Ring of Honor, uh, you know, Dojo Pro everywhere. So this is a matchup where I feel like it's 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 like the it's happening in the perfect setting because your crowd knows Kerry Awful. But what's been so cool to me over the last few weeks is since the release of Dojo Pro, how many people from like the other side of the country that I know that are wrestling fans are hitting me up going, have you ever seen this Carry Awful dude? And I'm like, oh yeah, dude, I know about Carry Awful big time. And they're like, this guy's awesome. Like, I need to see this guy more. Like, where do you find this guy's stuff? Like, they didn't know about him. So now he's getting all this national exposure. Nick Gage, on the other hand, a guy who's had national exposure, you know, for a while. So this is a matchup that not only am I glad that you're putting together, it's a matchup that I think is completely unpredictable. Um, how did this one come together? And once again, being so predictable, is there anything the fans can even expect out of this one? Or should we just go into this one with with a, a blank canvas and just, just watch it happen? Well, the, these two did, we're on the opposite side of, of, of a tag team match at Nova Pro back uh, early June, I think June the 9th may have been the date of that show. Uh, the second day of the Commonwealth Cup, uh, Nick Gage teamed up with Tim Donst against the Carnies. And so they, they, there was some interaction at that point. That, to my knowledge, is the only time that they've ever interacted in a match. Um, I know that, you know, the Carnies won the match, but I know that Kerry felt that he didn't get to, uh, I guess you would say, test the beast enough in that. <laughs> um, you know, and listen, Gunnar Miller went down with the injury, and it was really important to me uh, that whoever replaced him be a Tennessee guy. Uh, that was really, really, really important to me. And pe- you know, people can 
work and say, oh, well, why don't you go get a big name? Well, first of all, uh, uh, let me peel back the curtain a little bit. In indie wrestling, there's a thing called budgets. <laughs> right, sure, sure. Uh, so, so, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I, I, that, that, that's a factor, and I'm not going to pretend like it, it, it's not one. Having said that, I, I was of the opinion that we should have gotten the Tennessee guy anyway. You know, uh, to me, it would have felt wrong for us to unfortunately lose Gunner, who's been such an integral part of Tennessee wrestling and Georgia wrestling as well over the last several years, and bring in somebody from somewhere else. To me, that changes what our tournament's about. It changes the makeup of our tournament. It changes the ideology of, behind our tournament. Um, and, you know, we, we looked and we thought about a few different names. I'm not going to say who. Um, and uh, I felt, and I think the rest of the team felt, almost with unquestioned, you know, uh, uh, you know, there was almost no question about it that, Kerry was the guy to go after. I mean, we almost across the board felt that he was the person for the spot. Um, he He's somebody that our fan base uh, loves. He's an extremely hard worker. He's given back in spades to this, this Tennessee wrestling scene. Uh, you know, there was really no argument against Kerry um, uh, off, other than this sort of I think lazy argument that some people may may make, which is always a tag team guy. Well, that's not really true. You know, we saw him at Dojo Pro uh, uh, as singles. He, he's wrestled in Tullahoma a lot over the years as a singles guy. Uh, he wrestles in Southern Underground Pro primarily as a singles guy. Um, it, 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 yes, the Cornies are a tag team. Yes, they're one of the best tag teams in the country. But Kerry Offal can go as a singles competitor. I don't think there's any question about it. Um, you know, in fact, just last year, uh, now granted, the Dynamite Cup has a unique way of getting, uh, their field is unique because you qualify for the finals via tag team match, but just last year, he was one of the final two people in the Dynamite Cup. Uh, you know, he, he eventually lost that to Dale Patrick's in that event, but he made it all the way to the very, very end, basically the last person standing. So he actually has some success in the tournament setting. Uh, so um, I think... Kerry was an easy pick. Nick Gage, I don't know what we're thinking. Uh, you know, it's a it's a high school benefit show. Right, right. But uh, the most dangerous man in pro wrestling, um, a guy that I'm legitimately afraid of, uh, an independent wrestling legend, uh, the king of ultraviolence. Um, I have no clue how we're going to be able to control him or if we're going to be able to control him. You know, last year we saw guys dive out of balcony. Uh, fireballs, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm going to work my hardest to make sure we don't see that this year because, um, uh, you know, I I almost fainted last year uh, a couple times. But, uh, I, I mean, listen, Carry Off will call them out, you know. Um, and this is a fight that we're going to get, and I don't know what to expect from it. I don't know whether we're going to see, you know, uh, a an attempted wrestling match because I think sometimes we forget that Kerry Offal is actually a quite good wrestler uh, on top of being a brawler and Nick Gage better people think he is that by the way uh, or if we're just going to see a fight from the belt 
What I do know is I don't expect this match to last very long because I think it's either going to get thrown out or uh, somebody's just going to get KO'd. You know, like I, I like I don't I don't. On the one hand, these are two of the most resilient guys. On the other hand, I expect the ferocity level in this match to be probably the highest of anything in that first round, other than maybe PCO and Cyrus. And I, if I had to guess, of all the matches in the first round on paper, this match has the most, has the highest possibility of being tossed out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, after Darby and Joey last year, you know, uh, I, I don't know. Like, we, that referee got a talking to afterwards, uh, and, and that's not, that's true. Uh, there was just a lot of latitude given. I was about to say, Dar- Darby Allen had his, his hands duct taped behind his back doing a front flip, you know, suicide dives <laughs> through the ropes, the outside, and the ref wasn't stopping it, so. There was, a, there was a lot of latitude given in that match. I'm not going to say that we won't allow this year because ultimately usually the referee discretion factor really is at play there we're not going to run out from the back and demand a DQ or anything but I don't know if we'll see that much discretion this year or not um, it really just depends on who the assigned official for that matchup is and at this moment I'm not positive who it's going to be uh, but uh, you know if there was ever a match to predict uh, a double count out or something it might be this one Obviously, we hope we have a decisive finish. I think both these guys want a decisive finish. Um, I don't know. I don't. I do not know what to expect from this, but it's gonna be wild. Man, it is gonna be wild. I, I'm gonna go with my prediction. I'm gonna say, along the lines of where where you were going with, you know, Nick Gage being, you know, uncontrollable. He's gonna be in. He's gonna be in a setting which is kind of. The exact opposite of a Nick Gage setting, being a family-friendly show in a high school. I think that I'm going to take Carrie Awful as my pick because of something on, along the lines of maybe Nick Gage, you know, going that hardcore route, but the referee doing his job and Carrie Awful being able to take advantage of Nick Gage getting caught, something along those lines. I'm going to say Carrie Awful doesn't doesn't cheat to win, nothing like that, but Nick Gage maybe is trying to bend the rules a little bit. Carry off and takes advantage, and the dog face gargoyle uh, moves on to the second round. That's going to be my prediction. So that's going to be all the matchups that we've got for the first round of the SCI tournament itself. And we got a few more minutes here, Dylan. I just wanted to touch really quickly on the future uh, future showcase tournament because this is this is almost a, a sup tournament right here. Like this is. This is Southern Underground Pro through and through. We got some outside names as well. But uh, kind of what's the idea behind the Showcase Tournament? And kind of how do you determine this group versus uh, the group in the kind of the proper tournament? Well, those are both very interesting questions. I mean, uh, the, the, I'll take the first question first. Every year at SCI, prior to this year, previous three tournaments, this is the fourth annual Scenic City Invitational, the previous three tournaments, there's always been a seminar on Saturday. And um, don't get me wrong, seminars can be really good. You can learn a lot out of them. They can help a lot of the talent. You know, uh, even as a promoter, you can learn things as a seminar that you that you may have overlooked uh, or that you were totally clueless about in some cases. Um, they have value. The problem with a seminar is it First of all, there's no guarantee of how good it's going to do. 
you got to get guys up and out of bed and come down there to to listen to somebody and and with no guarantee that they're going to be booked on the show later in the night. And I mean, it's a, it's a it's a bit of an ordeal. It doesn't mean they're not worth it, but it is a bit of an ordeal. Um, the other issue with a seminar is it really doesn't give anything back to the fans necessarily. I would argue that it does give something back to the fans in the long haul if it improves the talent. But in the immediate, it doesn't give anything back to the fans. So we wanted to try something a little bit different this year. And what we settled on with the Future Showcase Tournament. There's so many people that want to be a part of SCI Weekend. We're very fortunate that both fans, wrestlers, referees, announcers, all kinds of people want, want to help us out and want to come in. And, um, unfortunately, there's only 16 spots in the tournament. And sure. there's, you know, there's, you know, only uh, there's a limited amount of spots for bonus matches and other things as well for night two. So, really, you've, you've got to, you've got to be smart about who you give spots to and resources and things like that. And it creates a tough situation. Uh, and one of the ways to sort of ameliorate that and give some value back to the fans and, and get new these new faces in many cases front of newer audiences and fans from all over the country and promoters because we'll have several people that are involved in promoting or promoting teams that will be at Futures actually. One, one of the ways to do that is to have a show like this. So it's a relatively modest show. If you've got a ticket to either of the SCI events, it's only five bucks. Um, you know, we've got six matches on it, two non-tournament matches and uh, three, and then we've got uh, three triple threat matches. Uh, that will build to a triple threat final. And you're right. In some ways, it is a sub-tournament. <laughs> sub I mean, you know, you got uh, O'Shea Edwards there. You got Jake Newman, who's been at sub several times. You got Mr. Brickster, who's, who's been at sub a couple times. You got Kevin Koo, who's in this field almost a ringer. Right. Uh, and, and, and then you've got uh, Marco Stunt. You know, so uh, over half of the field, is really uh, a, I don't want to say they're, you know, sub-guys, because all these guys do stuff all over the place, but in a way, they're sub-guys, right? Right. And, and uh, I think, it, to that end, it benefits Southern Underground Pro some as well, you know, to expand that brand out a little bit, maybe get them in front of some eyes that, that haven't seen uh, a sub-show before. But, but also... This is a place for people who are not on the radar to get on the radar. And in that case, I'm thinking of people like Austin Jordan or maybe Sean Legacy, for example, who's not as well known uh, in this area uh, as he may be in others. Uh, or, or, or even an Alan Angels, who's actually kind of blowing up in the state of Georgia, but is, but is not uh, as well known as he should be. Josie Quinn's another one. Super talented guy in the state of Georgia, but not really known maybe as much as it should be elsewhere. So, But the other thing this is, is it is a way for people to basically prove to the SCI proper selection team that we made a mistake. Because if you're somebody like a Kevin Koo or an O'Shea Edwards, I would say it's particularly those two, uh, who, were, who were on night two last year, actually, albeit not in the tournament, this is your way of saying, I should have been in the tournament this year. I should have been in the City City Invitational. And I'm happy to show up at the future show, and I'm happy to prove my, pr prove myself again, but I'm going to make you eat your 
words. And listen, there is no way that I'm going to guarantee that the winner of this thing will be in next year's tournament, right? But there's no question that a good showing in the Futures tournament puts you in a very good position for next year's tournament. And I think all these guys are very, very aware of that. I like it. And it gives you a little extra advertising. Not Once again, it's like they aren't sub guys, but they are. But it's also coincidental that there's a sub show the next day in Nashville, which is pretty darn close. So, you know, maybe there's going to be some people at this show that are there for the SCI tournament that maybe aren't familiar with a Marco Stunt or a Kevin Q, Mr. Brickster, whoever. And you can say, hey, if you like those guys, there's a show an hour and a half from here tomorrow. And it's going to feature these guys also. And maybe there's going to be some new Southern Underground fans that trickle over. That, I mean, that's the hope. The hope is to sort of build stuff up. You know, we want, to, we want to build stuff up. We'll have people from a variety of different promotions uh, that are going to be coming in for this thing. You know, uh, promoters from really all over the place or people that are involved in promotional teams from all over the place will be coming in too. And that's good because it gives these guys an opportunity to perform in front of people that could potentially book them somewhere else down the road and uh that 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 networking and things of that nature is a big part of what sci is about both for fans and for talent for sure and journalists as well i mean i I remember like when you guys started uh hyping up this year's sci all the hilarious jokes about david bixon's fan just all these random stories about how bix went crazy last year get your tickets from dylan now you know it's just like you know, the journalists get involved, you know, who also help spread the word about the talent and word gets around and then these guys get booked. So it's it's what you guys do. It's it's amazing, man. It's something I'm looking so forward to. I'll throw out a quick prediction for the futures. I'm going to go Mr. Brickster. I don't know why. I've got a hunch. Um, and he's a guy I want to give a shout out to because I talked to him at the last sub show. And he's a guy who has a really good head on his shoulders. He seems to be doing all this stuff for the right reasons. And as somebody who, I'm a nobody, I'm a guy who's out of shape, I sit on my couch and I talk about pro wrestling and mixed martial arts, you know, but, and I say this because, what I'm about to say, Mr. Brickster, to me, he's green in the best way possible, like, he's new, he's fresh, he's listening to everything, he's he's adapting, he's he's learning, he's changing, and he's a guy who has so much potential, and he's got such a good look, good ring gear the fans react to him he's i say he's green but it's like once again in the best way possible because it's like this blank canvas that hasn't even started like to to learn how to paint yet but he's already so good at where he's at that i think there's such a big future for him as, as well as all these guys on this show all the futures i mean guys like marco stun are going to get a lot more exposure guys like o'shea edwards kevin q yada yada you, you know you name it I think that this is a big thing for everybody. I'm going to go with Mr. Brickster uh, for the future showcase, though. And uh, Dylan, thanks so much for coming on the show today, man. I can't thank you enough. Please let everybody know, you know, where to find you on social media, where to get their tickets for all the shows, all that good stuff, man. I'm going to do that, but before I do that, I'm going to put you in the hot seat really quick. I'm going to put you in the hot seat really quick, and then I'm going to go into plugs hardcore. Okay, sure. I want you to... You predicted all the first-round matches. We got your predictions for that. You predicted your futures winner. And by the way, I agree with everything you said about Brick. Brickster is an awesome guy. One of the be- one of the best people in pro wrestling, in my opinion. Uh, and has a very, very bright future if he sticks with this thing. Because he's got, he's got personality, too. But, but, I want to know, who do you think, without having any access to the bracket, just guessing, who do you think the final four in 
that four-way final at the SCI is going to be, and who do you think is going to win it all? Oh, my gosh, dude. Oh, my gosh. Um... All right, so once again, we can't stress it enough to you listeners. We do not, I do not know the second round uh, brackets. Like, I don't know what matchups could potentially happen after this. So it's really, it's really up in the air. If I have to pick four guys, I'm going to go. Man. Okay. I'm going to go Joey Lynch, Fred Yehi. Jake Parnell, PCO. And I'm going to say Joey Lynch finally wins the big one. And uh, he's standing he's standing there at the end of the night with the trophy. Uh, finally crowned Mr. Scenic City. All right. I'm not going to tip my hat in, in any way, shape, or form on any of this stuff. But I wanted to get that on record. I like to get people on record. I think that's part of the fun of a tournament. It's kind of prognosticating. Uh, and I could definitely see a scenario where... Everything you just described unfolds, for sure. Uh, now I'm going to seamlessly transition here into plugs. <laughs> so <laughs> we've got the Scenic City Invitational coming up August 3rd and 4th, which is just days away as we record this, five days away uh, for the Friday night kickoff. Doors both nights, 6.30, bell time, 7.30, Saudi Daisy High School here in the greater Chattanooga area, Hamilton County. It is a fundraiser for the school. Keep that in mind, both in terms of... Uh, uh, maybe your chance at the show, keep them PG, but also in terms of just, you know, supporting the show. You're also supporting your, you know, the community here, and, and it does mean something to us that you're doing that with your time and your money, and we really appreciate that. I do have tickets available still. Uh, general admission seats are $10. They're bleacher seats. Uh, you know, there's not a bad seat in the high school gym. I think, you know, we can all attest to that. Uh, uh, floor seats are $15 a piece uh, per event. Uh, I will say that I'm pretty low on those at this point. Uh, I don't know if I'll sell out before doors. It's very hard to predict because, you know, I don't know how many people are going to hit me up in the next few days, basically. Uh, but I, I would say I'm, I'm within striking distance of those being gone. Uh, so if you want those, please don't wait to the doors because I cannot guarantee at all uh, that they'll be available. If you get advanced tickets, uh, you will get first entry into the gym for those events. Scenic City Futures events, of course, doors open at 1.30, 2 p.m. start time Saturday afternoon. Tickets for that's just 5 bucks if you got tickets to either the either of the shows on Friday or Saturday night. Um, again, you can get tickets for the event from me. So what you do is you DM me on Twitter at Dylan Waco, that's D-Y-L-A-N-W-A-C-O, or you can email me if you prefer it. Dylan Waco, D-Y-L-A-N-W-A-C-O at gmail.com. We can hash that out. Uh, you know, if you happen to see me walking around before then, great, you can buy one from me, but I doubt that very seriously because my last event that I was going to selling tickets was actually last night at TWE, and I sold quite a few. So, uh, you know, by all means, please make the trip out. Again, we'll definitely have general admission at the door. I don't know about floor seats. Can't stress enough how important that is. Online ticket sales will close Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, August the 1st. Uh, I've got to close them early because i got to make sure all my ducks are in a row and I've got everything lined up. Uh, you know, So if you have not bought in the pre-sale before then, you will have to wait for doors. There should be plenty of seating in the building in the bleachers for general admission. I mean, they can fit probably a thousand people in a high school gym just in the bleachers alone so i'm not worried about selling out of general admission seats but if you want floor seats especially 
you got to get with me ASAP. So uh, you can follow us on Twitter at SCI Tournament. We're on Facebook as well. Stephen, I appreciate you having me on. Always enjoy talking to you. Always enjoy seeing you. And, uh, you know, if you're down for Scenic City Invitational, make the trip to Nashville, too. Go to Southern Underground Pro, 2 p.m. Basement East for Not, not Problematic. That's 2 p.m. Central Time on Sunday, August the 5th. There's a killer lineup for that as well. Uh, you know, follow us uh, at SUP underscore Graps on Twitter. Uh, it's a big weekend here in the state of Tennessee. Uh, big weekend for independent wrestling. Don't miss it. Man. Couldn't said it better myself. Dylan, thanks so much for coming on, man. Um, we have, I plan on doing, for the listeners, uh, no one knows this yet, but you'll be hearing it soon. I plan on doing a uh, interview with uh, the millennial Danny Adams, and we're going to talk a little Southern Underground before that show this weekend, or this upcoming weekend as well. So keep your eyes and your ears open for that. We'll be talking to Danny this week. And once again, Dylan, thanks again for coming on, man. I look forward to seeing you uh, when I get in town on Friday. Thank you. I will see all right, thanks once again to Dylan for coming on the show today, and thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Google Play, Podomatic. If it's a follow, a subscribe, whatever it is, whatever platform that you like to listen off of, please do that, and please make sure to leave a rating and a review. A five-star rating and a review goes so, so far for this podcast. It helps me out a lot. I know I, say that, I know I say that all the time. I know I sound like a broken record. It is the truth, though. Those ratings and those reviews are the ways that more fans find out about this show when they search for MMA and pro wrestling related podcasts. So please help me out. It takes like no time and it's very, very much appreciated. Also, make sure to check out my Twitch channel. That's twitch.tv slash fight talk underscore. That's once more fight talk underscore for Twitch and also for Twitter at F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. I have a Facebook group to search Fight Talk Podcast, and my merchandise is available at whatamaneuver.net. That is whatamaneuver.net. Got t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, a bunch of different stuff, different colors, different logos. Any money I make on that website goes directly back into this podcast and into my Twitch channel to help the content uh, kind of evolve over time and also help me get to shows like the SCI tournament because I also plan on interviewing some wrestlers at that show as well. So. Anything you do on whatamaneuver.net helps out a ton, as well as anyone who subscribes or donates to my Twitch channel. It all goes right back in to make the experience better for all of us. That all being said, I want to give a shout-out to my sponsors who helped me out, and then we're going to get on out of here. First, I want to give a shout-out to Williamson Brothers Barbecue. Williamson Brothers Barbecue has my favorite sauce in the world. I can't stress it enough. It is so, so, so darn good. It is available at Whole Foods, Walmart, Kroger, Publix, pretty much everywhere, but it's super easy to find. Just go on walmart.com, type Williamson Bros in the search tab, grab yourself some of the best sauce in the world. If you go on williamsonbros.com, you can actually find uh, the sauce as well as the rubs and the addresses to their three, uh, their three physical locations out of the, out of the uh, Atlanta, Georgia area. So make sure to check that out and support our friends over there at Williamson Brothers Barbecue. Their sauces are all natural and gluten-free, and they taste absolutely delicious. Also, I want to give a shout-out to Brian Jensen. Brian Jensen is a professional boxing coach. He corners pro boxers. He helps out MMA fighters, and he's a personal trainer. Whatever you're looking to do, whatever goals you're looking to meet, Brian Jensen is the guy for you. He can help you out. Follow him on Instagram at Atlanta Boxing Coach. Once again, that's Instagram at Atlanta Boxing Coach. Hit him up. He'll work something out with you. If you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area, he can help you in person or if you're even nearby. But if you're not, still hit him up. He'll help you remotely and he'll still help you reach your goals. Get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. Hit up Brian Jensen on Instagram at Atlanta Boxing Coach. 
Also, shout out to Heroes and Legends. Heroes and Legends is a professional wrestling collectible and memorabilia company that specializes in action figures, vintage magazines and programs, DVDs, autograph memorabilia, and other unique pro wrestling memorabilia. They are able to find uh, everything you're looking for, essentially. Like, if you're looking for action figures, they'll help you find them. If you're looking for autographs, memorabilia, DVDs, like I mentioned, they'll help you find all this stuff. They might already have it. Check it out. Follow them on social media at HL Pro Wrestling. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HL Pro Wrestling. They're nice people who do fair business. Hit them up. You will not be disappointed. Tell them that Steven from the Fight Talk Podcast sent you. And last but never least, shout out to WrestleRumble.com. WrestleRumble.com is a place to be for all fantasy pick em contests for professional wrestling. There are always big prizes and big cash available at WrestleRumble.com. All the major WWE pay-per-views and maybe some other stuff from outside WWE. I'm hearing, hearing some rumblings about some stuff over at WrestleRumble. Nothing I can talk about and nothing that's by any means finalized or might not even happen to begin with. Who knows? I just know that they're looking to maybe expand their horizons a little bit into some other shows. So there might be even more contests available for big cash and big prizes. Make sure to stay up to date with all their contests and stay in the loop over on Twitter at WrestleRumble. So guys, I will be back really, really soon. Uh, Like I mentioned at the end of the interview there with Dylan, I plan on speaking to the millennial Danny Adams, who is the owner of Glory Pro Wrestling, as well as a participant, uh, one of the top talents in Southern Underground Pro Wrestling. We're going to be talking about his career as well as the upcoming SUP show. So you will not want to miss that. But until then, I'll be back soon.